Don't be so acquainted with the weaknesses in your life that are around you. I don't have the degree or I'm a woman or I'm a man or the color of my skin or I talk funny or whatever. When you release yourself from that, you'll find your confidence and that confidence will be the freedom to actually function in who and what you were born to be. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Brand New You Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you build your brand. We meet here each week to learn how building your brand can help you grow your influence, amplify your online reputation, and ultimately impact your career. I'm your host, Ryan Roten, and today it is my pleasure to welcome to the show someone who has impacted her own career, Natasha Davis, Chief Visionary at VisionaryPeopleArise.com. At Visionary People, Natasha's specialty is creatively transforming the visions for success of individuals and small businesses into reality. She is a certified expert in email and social media marketing, and she has been the recipient of the Excellence in Marketing Award, the Entrepreneur and Executive Professional of the Year Award, and was noted as one of the 40 under 40 movers and shakers in business by Career Magazine. In addition to being a branding and marketing strategist, Natasha is also an author, host of the TV show, A Day in the Life of Business, and she is the host of the popular talk radio show, Coaching for Success. Natasha, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Brand New You Show. Thank you so much, Ryan. It is an honor to be here, and I'm looking forward to having a great time and helping some individuals understand how to really drop some new brands. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm ready to get into it, but I have to start off with the first question that I ask all of my guests, which is, if you could vacation in only one place, where would you go? Ooh, um... I would have to say I would probably vacation in Australia. Anywhere in particular? No, nowhere in particular. I just really enjoy Australia's environment and the people and the atmosphere, the culture. It's something that I would and just enjoy being around. Of course, I have some other really cool places that I'd love to be at, but Australia would be would be someplace I'd like to vacation. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mentioned in the introduction that you are someone who has impacted your career already at least once. And as I was doing my research for our discussion today, you were quite solidly on the path to becoming a nurse for the first several years of your career. And so if you just looked at the degrees that you you earned and the work that you put in, you would think she's going to be a nurse forever. But something happened and you decided to make a change and become an entrepreneur. What was it that made you say, I don't think I want to be a nurse anymore. I think I want to try this entrepreneurial thing out. <laughs> That's a really awesome question. I get that question often because people are like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know, because honestly, uh, Ryan, when I started out and I, I mean, I can think as far back as, as possible. I always knew that I wanted to be a nurse or someone that would provide care, someone that would take away pain and problems. That's really what really at the end, I want to make sure people are okay. And so if I could take away their pain or I could take away whatever's hurting or ailing them, then I felt good. I was ready. I'm like, this is what I was born to do. And I'm still a nurse, you know, once we say once a nurse, always a nurse. Okay. But I realized about, um, nine years ago, I had gotten to this particular place where I was no longer complete, you know, as an individual, I felt like I'm doing what I'm doing, but it was robotic, but I felt very empty. 
And so I was having a hard time being satisfied in my life. And don't get me wrong, you know, I had a really great career in nursing. I escalated. I was one of the youngest, most successful and progressive uh, registered nurses specialized in emergency care and trauma care. I mean, I was, I was killing it. I was really doing it. And so it's not like I had like a dry career. I, I was blessed with the opportunity to travel and do nursing care and travel and meet awesome people and do phenomenal things. But I still felt empty. And I remember I was working at a hospital and the whole time through the shift, my, this is like the pivotal moment. I felt like I had shackles wrapped around me. I mean, that's the best way I can explain it. I just felt so weighted and I was unhappy and I could not understand why. What was my problem? I felt like an ingrate, like you ungrateful slacker. You got this really great career. You're one of the youngest, most successful nurses. You're doing it and you're unhappy. How ungrateful are you? You know, like I thought some people didn't even have the opportunity to go to college, let alone have a great career as I did. And at the end of my shift, I got in my car and I broke down like a baby. I mean, blubbering everything. I was like, (laughs) I mean, slobbering all over myself, just bawling. And I could not understand. I'm just, I I just, I was like, you know, and I am a, a Christian and, you know, I went to my faith and I'm like, God, what is this? How could you give me this beautiful career, but then you gave me this hunger and this thirst for business and entrepreneurship, and how come I can't have it full time? And that's when I realized that I was incomplete and I needed to do something different. And I struggled with that, Ryan, trying to understand what am I really doing? Can I really shift from being a nurse to being a businesswoman? And, you know, when you go to nursing school, you learn medicine. That's it. You know, (laughs) you learn, you don't learn anything else. You don't learn marketing. You don't learn business budgets and things like that. You learn about the budgets of a, a hospital. You learn about everything else. You don't learn business. So I struggled with that because I thought I was just probably going through a little phase. And so at that time, I decided I had to do something. So I began making a little bit more um, decisions to go more business. And I figured, well, if I'm this miserable here doing what I'm doing now, how much more miserable can I possibly be if I'm going after what I'm, what I'm so thirsting for? And so that's at that moment, and that was about eight or nine years ago, I started making that shift to become a full-time businesswoman. And I got to tell you, it was tough. It still is. <laughs> I could, I could imagine so, <laughs> you know, you know, but I think your story probably mimics. I, I mean, I, I would guess that there are a lot of people listening right now who are, who are saying, you just described me. You just completely described me. And, you know, I think we all get to a point in our career where we feel robotic and empty. The difference is that I see in people who succeed in making that career change or that career pivot is they actually go out and they do something about it versus sitting back and allowing that robotic and empty feeling to take them over. So my question for you is, I mean, A, I commend you, you have courage to be able to go do this. Once you made this decision, you said, I know I need to do something that's different. What are some of the first steps that you did to move down the path that you wanted to go and learn about things like marketing and how to do business budgets? One of the things that I had to come to, to grips with was I knew enough to go try something, but I didn't know enough to be effective. So I knew enough to be dangerous and, and ineffective, but I didn't know enough to be, to be effective, you know, to really make some things happen. So I had, I was at this place where 
you know, after many years, I realized what it was. I'm at this, this developmental gap and I was stuck in between. And so I had to go figure out how does this really work? Because like I said, and when you're a nurse and you go to nursing school and medical school, you understand medicine. No one teaches you how to go market for a new customer because they come to you. You just sit there, you look cute and they show up. And they need you, right? When I was still doing what I was doing, I was nursing. Um, and most nurses, 12 days, uh, I'm sorry, 12 hours a day, three, maybe four days a week, you have the rest of the week to yourself. So I was utilizing that time. And I was kind of cocky, you know, a little bit because I'm figuring, well, good God, I save lives for God's sakes, you know, and I, I have a degree. I learned something. I'm, I, I surely I can run a business. Like, come on, you know? And, um, when I ran face first into a brick wall, I realized I didn't know anything. Uh, so I went and got some knowledge, you know, I went and seek some knowledge. And I, I started, I went and got books, books on business, books on entrepreneurship, books on, because as a woman, women in business, books on my industry, which is, um, business development and branding and so forth. But, uh, I learned a lot about business and marketing, how to run a business, how to start a business, how to save a business, how to how to build capital, how to get investors. Um, what's the difference between an LLC and incorporation? You know, um, why do most businesses fail? How much money do I really need? You know, things like that. Even how to create a budget, how to do a business plan. What's the purpose of a business plan? Like I dug down deep because again, Ryan, business world was not my specialty. I've always known business because my father has been a businessman. He's had his own business since he was the age of 19. And so I grew up around entrepreneurship and there's other entrepreneurs in my family. So I, it was in my blood and I had the bug. However, I didn't know anything and I never went to school and learned it. So I had to, I started teaching myself. And so what I did is I could not take the time nor did I think I could afford to go back to college because I didn't really know what I was really doing, you know? So I had it. I already had my bachelor's degree in nursing and I didn't think that I could, I had the time nor the, the capacity or the money to go back to school and get business degrees now. So I started teaching myself as if I was in college. So I would assign myself you know, five chapters, I would read it, I would learn it, I'd take notes. Sometimes I'd get stuff that had tests on it. I would kind of quit, have somebody quiz me on different things. I would write down index cards and I'd hand index cards to people. And I'm saying, just run me some, you know, run some quiz at the time. My husband, I would give it to him and he would test me on these things. That's how I started educating myself on how to do business. The next thing I did is I had to change my circle, right? Because my main circle was only healthcare. I only knew doctors and nurses and anybody in healthcare, you know, medical supply people. That's all I knew. I didn't have a business network. So I had to go and create a completely different network from scratch. Now I'm a people person. I like to talk. I have a pretty decent personality. I'm easy on the eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so I figured, okay, where do I go and network? So I started out because I had, I knew nothing else. I started out at chamber of commerces and then I started connecting with other business people that were in the circle. And then that's what helped me to branch out. I never had a social media page because I didn't think I needed one uh, because what do I need a social from a nurse? You know, I'm like, give me a break, you know? So I got a publicist at the time because in different books and how to be a consultant and a coach and a speaker and everything, 
in the book, it said you should have a publicist. So that's what I did. Then that publicist said, well, you need your identity. And that's how I started on social media. And I started building this following of people that were non-medical. You named two key things there that a lot of, again, a lot of people won't take these steps, but you started to seek out knowledge on your own. And I think Probably this, the biggest impact that has, that I've had or that I've seen on me personally is what you said secondly there, which was you changed your circle of friends. And, and that's not to say that you didn't go out and tell all of your old friends, no, sorry, we can't hang out anymore. <laughs> I have to go get new friends. We, you know, we're not saying that when we tell people that you need to find new friends, but what we're saying is you need to find people who are doing the things that you want to go do and surround yourself with them. And they will help you in more ways than you could possibly imagine. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And I did not go and tell everyone that I didn't want them. You're absolutely right. What actually happened is my palate craved for something else. My palate craved for different conversations. I wanted to understand, well, what's happening in the business world? My dreams got deeper and wider. My expectations you know, were shifted. The things that I wanted for my life shifted. So I no longer desired, nor was I comfortable going to an event full of all my medical friends. And all we talked about was medical stuff. You know, that patient, this is scenario, da, 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 da. This is what happened. Oh my God. And again, I worked, I was emergency room in trauma. So we always talked about the weird stuff and the gory stuff that came in. And I no longer had that earnest desire to talk about that. I, again, I was empty and I needed to be fed. And the way I would need my, I had to, you know, satiate myself was I needed to go hear this business conversation. You know, how did they lock down this new client and this new customer and, you know, different marketing ideas. And, you know, it's a different world, a completely different conversation. So, you know, I would get invited, Hey, let's go hang out. And I got invited by two separate groups now because I very diligently put a divided line between the two groups. I never let my business side know that I was a nurse and I never let my nursing circle really encapsulate that I was going into business, which was a mistake, but I didn't know any better. So I had this clear division. I was two separate people. On XX days of the week, I was Natasha, the nurse and part-time businesswoman. On the other days, I was Natasha, the businesswoman, period. And I never let on to the fact that I was a nurse or I had anything medical or anything like that. I kept two clearly defined lives. So I would get invites from two separate groups and I had to go where I was happiest. So I would, I would politely turn down on the medical group side and I went on the business side. And so you just lose friends just naturally because they're like, well, she never comes out. So I'm not going to invite her anymore. So no one's angry with me, but they're like, don't invite her anymore because she's not coming. That's the mistake you were referring to earlier then? Exactly. It was a big mistake for me to segregate my lives because incidentally, eight years later, they're both coming back together. They both merged back together and it was the best decision that I could have made. I had no idea that people knowing that I was in the medical, I was a registered nurse was actually advantageous to me in the business sector. You've alluded to it, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it. You're doing all of this while you still have a full-time nursing job, correct? At the time. Yes. I was still working full-time. Um, I mean, I, it was painful. It was felt like slow suicide. I mean, honestly, it was, <laughs> I felt like I was killing myself <laughs> because I, I just wanted so much to just be a full-time businesswoman. And 
I could not do that financially. I really knew that I did not have all the pieces of the puzzle together to do that anyway, that I would be able to come up uh, winning. I And that's how I ended up going back to school for my MBA because I felt like I needed, I really needed something else. Okay. So at some point you, you started to gain the confidence yes. that you needed to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step out and try out this entrepreneur thing. What was that like? Did you dip your foot into the water and kind of keep, you know, one leg on shore and one leg in the water or did you just jump right in? <laughs> You know, some days, honestly, right, I felt like I, I threw myself all in. And then there's some days I felt like I kept a foot out. Um, honestly, the way I was shoved full time, officially full time into entrepreneurship was I was at work one day and I got the boss from hell. Oh my gosh. I was working as a nurse and I had cut, I had really limited my hours to the barest. Like I, if I was doing three days a week, I did three days a week. No more, no less. And I'll tell you, when the clock struck, at the time it was time for me to go, I was the first one in the parking lot and peeling out of the, I'm like, Rear! you know, I'm getting out of there because I would have another event to go to. If I needed to call out, I'd call out or something like that. So what happened is I had the boss from hell. And when I tell you, we were like oil and water on every level possible. And I've never had that experience before. And so the boss, you know, from hell showed up today and she was ready for me that day. Ryan, Lord have mercy. She was ready. You're, okay. you're dredging up some memories of my own here. Continue. Yes. Ooh, I'm, getting the, <laughs> I'm getting the shakes. Girl. You got to hold me uh -huh. now. <laughs> so what happened is the short version is my plan was at the end of the year was to step away from nursing full time anyway. However, she fired me about four months ahead of my plan to leave for a nursing full time. So I was terminated first time in my entire life of working. I have never been terminated before. And I mean, but I felt fine with it because I felt like I can go and live the life that I really wanted. So I was pushed out into full-time entrepreneurship four months earlier than I had planned. But yet so many successful entrepreneurs that, you know, I've spoken to, they all told me if something like that happened, when something like that happened to them, they felt relief as opposed to anxiety of not having a job, which to them was a symbol that this is what I need to go do. So they dove right in and moved forward. And a lot of them now look back and say, you know, that was the best experience of my life. And, and they thank their former bosses for letting them go. Oh, definitely. I got to tell you, it was relief. And at the time when I got the, you know, the infamous pink slip, and they actually are pink. I just thought it was a saying. It's actually pink. I didn't even know that. So I got my pink slip and I was the person that, you know, my boss at the time was dragging it on and she was trying to explain everything and why I said, listen, you know, you did what you had to do. It's all good. Let's sign the papers. Let's wrap this thing up, pass over the badge. Let's do what we got to do so I can go. Cause I actually have somewhere that I need to be tonight. I had no anxiety until Four months later is when it actually kicked in that I did not know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> so what, what was it four months later that made you go, okay, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, what was it? And is that when you started Visionary People was after that? No, Visionary People was already in effect. Okay. All right. But however, I was still running it part-time. And this is the piece of the puzzle that I think sometimes um, most 
entrepreneurs will mess they mess around a little bit because there's a cushion. My nursing check was a great cushion. It was my fallback. So therefore, if I did not have a client or lock in a new client, or I, I would, I would find myself giving away my services, you know, doing things in kind, a little bit more fluidly. I was a little bit more carefree with it. You know, when you have that, that cushion, sometimes you use neglect functioning like a proper business person because you feel that, well, you know, it's okay. I got something else in the back burner coming. I can go ahead and, and tighten up. And the problem that I came across was when I got down and I realized, you know, when that bo- all your checks are done from work, your last check, your bonus check, you cashed out your vacation time. And when the money really ended, my cushion ended, my backup plan was done. The reality was before me and I realized I was playing entrepreneur. I did not have enough business to sustain me on a full-time salary. That was very heartbreaking for me. I was like, oh my God, what have I been doing for the past two years? Nothing. Lost it. Lost it. And so then I was like, whoa, I got to get it together. And that's when I got I got a mentor. I got somebody to help me pull it together because I had this backup plan and my check was great. And it wasn't until after, and which is what I teach people now when I go out and speak and things like that. If you're working full time, you got to know how to figure this thing out because the, whenever you're working full time and you're really going after something, you get this hunger and this taste and it begins to emit through you. And that is going to end. Your full-time job will end at some point. What's the plan? What's the legacy? What's the deal? And so that's what I teach. How do you work full-time and build a business so that it will build and replace your full-time salary? So if you so choose, you can step away from your full-time job comfortably and not have to suffer. So as we as we start to talk about visionary people, I mean that is that is the mission, that is what your goal with visionary people, right? Is to help people make that transition so they can become small business owners and true entrepreneurs. Absolutely. That is really it. When I initially started Visionary People, I always knew that I wanted to help people to whatever it is that they're envisioning and they're seeing help them to translate that into a, a tech, uh, you know, something tangible. So it was transforming the vision for their success into actual reality. And that was my mission then when I started and I was working, um, you know, full time and I still had my business and that's my mission now. That is my entire goal is to help companies and also business owners understand that because one of the things that, um, it can be devastating for any one person, right? Is you can't, I forgot who said it, but you know, we weren't born to pay bills and die. And when I first came across that, um, that quote, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, it really hit me. And I said, well, God, you know, people that either own their own company, they're, they're working to pay bills and die, basically. People that work for other companies, even if they're getting paid very well, if they're doing it because they, because it's, because they have to, it's not because they love it. They're doing it because they have to. They're giving something up. I'm giving up time with family. I'm giving up taking care of myself or I'm giving up my own happiness to have this. We're obviously speaking to individuals who are in business. You know, we're not speaking to the person that loves corporate, breathes corporate and all that other stuff. We're talking to the individual here that um, would like to manifest their own vision and, and see some things that they're that they desire, their own business. Making the shift from being an employee 
to an employer is a completely, you have to shift. You got to turn some things around. It's a mindset thing. You know, where you, you know, when you're working for somebody, what do you get? Someone hands you the task and then they tell you how to get it done. They provide you with resources. When you're working by yourself, it's you, yourself, and you. I mean, you're the the janitor. I remember I was a janitor. I was the bookkeeper. I was the, the secretary. I was the CEO or the CIO, the CFO, the CIA, everybody. So my goal is to help people, you know, you know what? Let's transform your vision for success into reality. What do you want? What do you need to see? All right, here's how we're going to make it happen. And to reduce the amount of giving up and sacrifice that you have to get, finding that good balance. You know, and, and at the same time, circling all the way back around to where we started, you are also taking away their pain and their problems. Absolutely. I love to fix problems. I am like, you know, what do they call me? I'm like the, the healer, man. I'm always trying to like, tell me your pain. What's going on? It's like, I got a prescription for you. You know, it's like- <laughs> you know what was the next step where you kind of you're you sit back and you're doing all this stuff and you and you go, man, you know, I didn't know that I could get this far. But now that I'm this far, I can start to see where I want to go. How far into your business, you know, of just kind of hustling and getting things done before you actually can kind of feel comfortable enough or confident enough to say, I got this down. Now I now I know this is where I'm going to get to. All right. So Visionary People is nine years old. OK, so we're, we're celebrating our ninth birthday on um, February 18th of next year. So the first four years was pure health. So we can go ahead and put that right over there. I have no other way to define it but that. It was a great learning curve, though. Year five is when I had to learn how to solve my own problems in order to solve the problems for other people. And so I had to learn. I then realized by year five going into year six that visionary people is not my business. Visionary people is a client. And when I shifted that in my head, I realized that it took away the the playing around because yes, I started the company and technically on paper, I'm the CEO, but I really wasn't the CEO because as a CEO of any company, the ultimate goal is to move that company forward every year, accomplish goals and move the company forward every year. I wasn't doing that. So technically I really wasn't the CEO. I was just another worker bee in the company. And that's the biggest vice that most entrepreneurs get into is that they become another worker. So you leave your full-time job to come and work for yourself and yourself is the worst boss you could ever have. And they don't pay very well either. So I had to then realize that visionary people was not my company. Visionary people was a client. And because I'm so passionate about taking care of my clients, I took better care of visionary people and started shifting some things around. If this were my client, what would I do? How would I handle them? And so therefore I applied the same principles to the company, visionary people as a client and shifted that all together. The uh, visionary people got put on our board as a, as a client, the things, the needs, the, the, all that stuff, they got, it got put on the board as a client. And so therefore when we did roll call and we kind of went through who we're working on with our client, we called out visionary people as if it was a client. That's interesting. That's a, that's a big mindset shift. I would imagine. Yeah. Big shift. It really does make a difference. I then had to start looking at what is my business or this client lacking? Because remember, people don't hire you for how awesome you look and whatever. They hire you for what you solve and what you bring to the table. So I had to look at what was visionary people lacking. And I had to be very transparent. And then another big thing I asked myself was, 
who do I need to connect with? What type of what type of leverage and clout do I need to have in my business? So what's my business lacking? And then who do I need to connect with? In any business, uh, any thriving business, especially as a new business, okay, you got to have people in your network you can pick up the phone and call a big dog that knows other big dogs. And so therefore, I may be the owner of a small business, but in my phone, I have the CEO of these large international companies or the secretary to the CEO, okay? So these are the people that expand and stretch my network and I had to get out there. So those were some big things I had to do, especially with that transition. I would imagine too, as you were transitioning from being an employee to being the CEO of the company, you also started to look at how do we start to spread the word of what we're doing and how we're taking away the pain and problems of folks and helping their visions become a reality. And that is that at the point in time where you started to look at maybe let's t- let's take a look at blog talk radio and start a radio show f- on coaching for success. Yeah, definitely. One of the things um, I, I started looking at because of the services that we provide, people come to me for information and guidance. And I had to figure out how am I going to duplicate myself and, and spread my knowledge so it can be duplicatable. And that's how I ended up starting Blog Talk Radio, the one of the radio shows um, as well. And that was a great way to share knowledge in a non-confrontational way and in a non-salesy way. Because in any business, you have to position yourself to be a subject matter expert. And in order to do that, I can't stand there and pontificate all day long. I can't do that. So in order for people to understand how much I know, they have to hear what I know. And another way that you have shared your knowledge is, is as I mentioned in the intro, you are an author. You wrote a, a book titled uh, Get Grounded and Stay Grounded. But I understand that you now have a new book that is coming out. Yes. If I read correctly, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it is titled Unleash Your Millionaire Mindset. It is. Unleash Your Millionaire Mindset and Build Your Brand. I am so excited. Tell me about it. So I started writing Unleash Your Millionaire Mindset three years ago. And I kept getting stuck. I was trying to write as someone else. I wasn't coming from me. Like my first book was very easy because it was my first experience. And I wrote the book as me. Like, hey, you're sitting down with Natasha and we're just chopping it up. And I'm just, you know, get grounded, stay ground, just sharing some stuff with you. Well, when I got to book number two and I started writing, I felt very boxy because it was kind of told to me, well, you got to write different. You're on a different level and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, but it's still me. You know, I got to be me. So I had to struggle there because I kept trying to do what the other people said. And I wasn't writing as myself. And when I broke past that barrier and started writing, like it's me, you're sitting down with Natasha and we're having a conversation about how to unleash your millionaire mindset, and how to build your brand. So I started writing as if I was sitting down talking to someone across the table from me. And that it just started flowing and it just it became easy. So the book is is really focused on helping individuals who are either like we've been talking about either part time entrepreneurs or full-time entrepreneurs, or even professional, um, you know, corporate workers who are trying to define themselves where they are and to brand themselves in their company. The book catalogs very transparent, clear ways of what I went through from an experience. And it also pulls an experience from other individuals as well. In the book, there are co-contributors to the book and we call them featured entrepreneurs and featured experts 
And each of them are a minimum of millionaires. They're all millionaires and they're sharing how they got from point A to point B. All of them used to work for someone and they broke through that barrier to be a full-time, very successful business owner. The book is a very transparent book. There's no fluff in it. There's no, you know how you go read a book and it tells you you're going to get 25 steps on how to do blah, blah, blah. But the first 10 are the same exact step. Yeah. I read that book yesterday. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is not it. This is for real. This is the real deal on how do you crack that code and and you it's almost like you you open your cranium, you you take out all the mess and you put the good stuff in, you close your cranium and you get going. So the book is very forward thinking. It's it's for the new age. I'll give you an example. You may have heard this before. When you start a business, the first place you start when you want to get business sold and all that stuff, you start with family and friends. We've heard that before, right? I've spoken to a a lot of people and um, very few, less than 1% of their, less than 1% of people I talked to said they had a positive experience with family and friends supporting their business. And it's true. So when you read books back in the day, because there was none of this other stuff that we have now, the only thing they can say is, well, you start first with your family and friends. Here's what I say in the book. Yes, you can start by telling them what you're doing. Do not ask them to purchase your business or support it. They're not going to because either they think you're crazy for what you're doing, especially if you're talking about being a business person in this day and age and in this economy and all that other stuff. And God help you if you're a family and you're, you got kids or something like that. And you're talking about going off and running a business somewhere. They're going to think you're crazy. Mine, mine do. Other, <laughs> okay. And, and they're going to tell you not, don't do it. Run forest, run. They're going to say not to do it. The other group of people are the ones that genuinely love you and care for you and they don't want to see you get hurt because either they've tried it before and failed because they didn't have the support they needed or they've seen someone else try it and fail. And so therefore, they're going to tell you, don't do it. Don't be ridiculous. Stay where you are. It's safer here. And they're going to tell you that because they don't want you to get hurt, not because they're grudging you or anything. They don't want you to get hurt because they've seen it before. I recommend do not go you know, to all family and friends and tell them this until you've had some kind of wins, until you've had a success. Go talk to a stranger and go talk to the public. Why? They don't know you. They don't have an opinion of you. And so therefore they can only judge you based on how you present yourself and what you say you're going to do. And then what you actually do. That's the only gauge they have. Some books that you may read that talk about business are telling you because it was written 10, 15 years ago, they're telling you, go talk to family and friends. Well, here's a newsflash. Natasha did that because I read a book that was 15, 20 years back and I followed those principles. And that's why my first four years was pure hell. So, so when can we expect to see the book? It'll be available for by February. The official launch is March 26, 2016 in Atlanta. And it's, it's going to be massive and huge because we're doing great things through the book. One of the things I'm most proud of with Unleash Your Millionaire Mindset is what we're going to be doing through the book. Every time the book is purchased, we are going to be feeding underprivileged children. And I'm so excited about that because when I think about being unleashed, we we are leashed or locked down from progressing for from various things. It might it can be whether it's finances or, you know, family or responsibility or fear or whatever. My goal and my heart's desire is that we will unleash these children to be the best that they can be. 
by making sure they have one basic thing, some food so that they can pay attention to what's going on in school. And then the other thing that I want to make sure of is that we give them the opportunity to learn. A lot of kids want to learn, but there's so many societal gaps and barriers around them that they end up choosing the other direction just because they have no other alternative. So the book is also a fundraiser for a phenomenal organization called the Lynn Mitchell Foundation. And that foundation is a nonprofit that focuses on educating and empowering children in the Caribbean. And that's, we have, I've written the book and after writing the book, I've attached it there. So every time a book is bought, we're feeding some kids. And I'm so, that is, that's one of my proudest things about the book. That's awesome. Uh, so you're, so there's going to be a percentage of the book sale that's donated to the, to the foundation then. Exactly. We've built an entire project around the book. Um, every event that's focused around the book, the Be Unleashed project, every event, every time I go out and speak about being unleashed, every time a book is bought, it's going to feed the kids. And again, we even built a project. It's, there's a GoFundMe campaign that we were running. Um, and it's, it's the, the Be Unleashed project that we're running on GoFundMe. So we're really excited about that too. Okay. So, so if they go to befundme.com and they look for the Be Unleashed project. Yep. GoFundMe.com forward slash Be Unleashed. Um, they can see exactly what the project is and how they can participate. And whenever they're going into the project, because you've selected this amount, we're going to feed kids. And our appreciation is, you know, we're giving a book and we're giving some other amenities as our thank you for supporting the cause as well. Natasha, I know I could probably talk to you for another couple hours on this, but unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. So for those listeners who would really like to know more about you, more about visionary people, or they're interested in getting involved with your fundraising campaign, what are some of the best ways for them to get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch is always just go to the website because it's all our contact information and you can reach out to us via social media, email, or phone call. So the website is visionary people arise.com that's visionary people a r i s as in sam e.com and again you can connect with me on social media i am pretty out there you know i'm not one of the people that won't accept you cuz i don't know you i'll accept you <laughs> so you can find me and then of course if somebody just really is like i need to reach out you can definitely call the office at 678-390 2681. That's 678-390-2681. And that information is on the website as well. How about some final tips or words of wisdom that you would pass on to that person who's sitting in corporate right now, just like you were many years ago when you were feeling robotic and empty? What would you tell them now to help them get started down a path that will take away their pain and their problems? You know, when you're trying to do something and, and, and you're sitting there, you, you're having a whole host of things that's flowing through your mind. What if, what if uh, I can't, all these other barriers around you. And one thing I'll say is don't be so acquainted with the weaknesses in your life that you forget the strengths that are in your life and that, that are around you because that builds insecurity. And when you have insecurity, it's, it's this bondage of, of who and, and what you were never really designed to be. And when you, when you release yourself from that, you'll find your confidence and that confidence will be the freedom to actually function in who and what you were born to be. 
So when you can release yourself from all the weaknesses and the don't haves, and I've never tried and I did, I don't have the degree or I'm a woman or I'm a man or the color of my skin or I talk funny or whatever, forget all that, move all of that out the way, dig down deep, reach in and find that confidence because that confidence will truly set you free to find whoever you are. Everybody doesn't have to be an entrepreneur or a businesswoman or a businessman. Everybody's not built for that. But when if you are built to, and you have that bug, like I like to say that entrepreneur bug, be the best. You have to be the best at whatever it is that you're going to be. Whatever you need to sacrifice to be the best, however much you need to study, whatever you need to do to obtain that, go and be the absolute best at who you are. Dominate your industry, dominate your field, take control of it so that people will never um, look another direction. When they need something, they come to you and it can be done. You don't have to be the filthy rich person. You don't need to do all this stuff. I started my business from scratch. I didn't buy a follower. I didn't buy any placement in the industry. I positioned myself in the industry very authentically and organically. And that's the best way because no one can ever take it away from you, ever. You always have your place. That was awesome. You are not only a the chief visionary of visionary people, but you are truly a visionary person. And I just want to say thank you very much for being a guest on the show today. And I wish you the best of luck with your fundraiser and your book launch. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate you. And thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I've had an absolute blast. I appreciate the, the opportunity. It should come as no surprise to you that we all have excuses and weaknesses, and that focusing on them will keep us from moving forward. Yet we do it anyway. Danny Flood from Show 52 referred to this as alibi-itis. Whatever our excuses are, whatever name we give them, the have-nots or the what-ifs, if we give them power through our thoughts, they will hold us back from our dreams and aspirations and keep us from remembering that we also have strengths. I think Lisa Cummings from Show 40 would agree with Natasha. It's only when we release ourselves from our weaknesses and instead start to focus on our strengths that we gain confidence. The kind of confidence that we need to be able to move forward and become the person we were actually meant to be. How many of you listening can relate to the way Natasha felt about her nursing career before she discovered that a pink slip really is pink? She no longer felt complete. Her job had become robotic and empty. She was no longer satisfied. As you look back on your career, my guess is you started out moving up the fictitious corporate ladder early on. But as you climbed the rungs, they became further and further apart. And now you've reached this point where you feel like you can't back down because you're wearing shackles of your own in the form of golden handcuffs. Because of this, you've started to question yourself and you may even feel ungrateful for the job that you know is paying the bills. You want something more, but you may not be exactly sure what it is, and you lack the confidence to take the leap. If this describes you, rest assured, you are not alone. The key to moving forward, however, is to release your weaknesses and instead embrace your strengths. Set a course for yourself to match Natasha's drive and courage. And remember, you don't need to dive in all at once. Instead, lean in a little and start taking baby steps to help you close the developmental gaps between where you are today and where you want to be. The key, however, is to get started. Just like taking your family to dinner on a Friday night, you may not know exactly where you'll end up eating, but you still get in the car and you start driving anyway. 
Yet somehow, once the car is in motion, you eventually find yourself at a restaurant enjoying your favorite weekend beverage. That only happened because you put the car in motion. Natasha, thank you for sharing your story with us today and for showing all of us listening in that we can release the shackles and become who we are meant to be if only we'll focus on our strengths and not our weaknesses. A special thanks to Antoinette as well for putting up with my questions and scheduling conflicts. And finally, a word of thanks to all of you listening in to today's show. I know you have a lot of and a growing number of choices to listen to, and I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your time each week with me. And if you feel so inclined, please do go check out Natasha's book fundraiser page at gofundme.com forward slash be unleashed. Not only will you gain some knowledge about your journey ahead, but you'll also be providing meals for students at the same time. And that is a win-win in my book. So that wraps us up for today. Until next week, I've been Ryan. And I'm out.